Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. But we've been in a series uh, entitled Christian Growth 101, and last week we talked about how to study the Bible. And I think the reason that that one is so important is because if you don't, if you're not studying your Bible, then the rest of this isn't going to make sense. If you don't understand how to study your Bible, then you're probably not going to be interested in the rest of this. And so today we're going to be talking about prayer and how to pray. Now let me just go ahead and say this. That when we talk about the how-tos of the Christian life, um, that does not in any means uh, say that I am an expert at it. Um, I think that sometimes we think that, well, someone has to know everything about what they're doing. These are some principles that I've found that have been helpful in my life. Same thing with last week. Um, But I think the area of prayer is one of the areas of the Christian life to where we can never get we can, we're, we can always get better at it. We've never arrived with prayer. Um, we're going to talk about a few examples of that biblically today, but I want you to take this series seriously because of what's coming up next. So we've been in the book of Philippians on Wednesday nights, but um, once we complete this series, we're going to start a series on the soul. And when we talk about the soul, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about really who we are, what we, how the Christian life changes us, how it affects us. We sing songs like, it is well with my soul. And if you actually look at Christianity, if you look at the world today, I don't think that that's actually an accurate song. Um, there's a lot of signs that our soul does not match up with our soul's eternal destiny. And so many times we say, well, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven, and our souls have been saved. But watch this, what, how we actually interact and live in this life does not match up with where we're going. And so we want to take a look at that, but all of that hinges upon, are you willing to put in the Christian growth, the work, to see your soul actually change? And so today as we look at prayer, um, I would encourage you to go back and look at last week's lesson that talks about Bible study, because here's what I've found in my own life, is that the Bible and my study of God's Word and my look at really where I'm at in life as it's shown in the mirror of God's Word is what pushes me to pray more. And so if you don't have that baseline foundation of prayer or of Bible study, then I don't know that you'll completely comprehend prayer. Prayer will be a lucky rabbit's foot for you that you rub when you get into bad times. And that's not at all what prayer actually is. And so let's look at James chapter number 5, verse 16. We're really just going to use this as a springboard passage. If you're in our class most of the time, um, you know that we typically take a passage and break it down for this series. We've not been doing this. We've been trying to give a couple of principles about how to do something. And so we've just been using one or two verses and passages throughout. And so you've got those in your handout as well for you to reference at a later point. But James chapter number 5, verse 16, probably one of the most um, important 
uh, and, and popular verses on prayer in the Bible. And I want to go ahead and read down through verse number 18 as well, just to kind of give you an illustration. But verse number 16 is where our text is going to be for today. The Bible says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then he gives an illustration. He says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Basically, he was a normal guy. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. So here's what you've got, is you've got a normal guy who prays something extraordinary, sees it happen, prays again, and changes it. How many of you would like a prayer life like that? Yeah, that would probably, that would, that would come in handy, wouldn't it? it? It would be something that would be a great testimony for God and for his kingdom. But yet for many of us, we don't take seriously our prayer life. So because of that, we don't see serious change. And so with that thought in mind, let's pray and we'll ask God to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you know that this is an area that uh, I enjoy teaching. Lord, it is an area that I enjoy learning about. But it is in no wise an area that I feel like I have arrived at, nor do I feel like I will ever arrive. And so as I stand today in front of this class that I love, Lord, in front of these young adults that I think have a desire to grow closer to you, God, I ask that you would help me to teach this to myself as well. Lord, that you would convict me of areas where I might not have taken my prayer life seriously, or Lord, that you would show me how I can improve and God, that I may use it as a means to draw closer to you and to know who you are and to know your will for my life. Lord, I pray that those in this room would do the same. Lord, I pray that we would become a class of prayer. Lord, a ministry of prayer, a generation of prayer. Lord, that we wouldn't allow the distractions of this life to pull us away from the communication that we can have with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Last week we introduced the thought of Bible study and really the, I, I guess the carrot in front of you for Bible study is that many times the things that we search for in the Christian life or that we search for in life are a result of our relationship with the Word of God. And so we talked about that if you desire success, and we went to um, Joshua chapter number 1, verse 8, that you should be in God's Word and meditating upon it. And then we talked about if you want to be prosperous and stable. Then we went to Psalm chapter number 1, and we talked about how that that is a result of your relationship with God's Word. And today I kind of want to use the exact same introduction and illustration about prayer, and that is this, is that there are things in your life that you know you want to change. There are things in this world that I think we would all agree we need to see changed. There are problems, there's issues, there's things that we need wisdom for, and yet many of those results and many of the things that we desire to see differently can be achieved through prayer. And when we talk about prayer changing things, I want you to listen to this one statement before we get too far in, is that sometimes the result of prayer is not always that your situation is changed, but you are changed in the midst of your situation. And sometimes I think that we want prayer to almost say, well, it's my fix. It, it, it's what I run to when I need something to be different. And by the way, that, that is not a bad reason to run to prayer. I think that many times in our lives that that's something that spurs us to pray and, and that kind of stirs us to get closer to God. But prayer is not always about changing your situation as much as it is often you being changed in the midst of your situation. 
And sometimes we want we get frustrated with prayer. Well, because this didn't change, this didn't change. Or, or look at the, some of the prayers that were prayed in Scripture. How long they took, how long it took for God to actually change the situation. But I can promise you this: that in the midst of that situation, those people were changed because they drew closer to God. And so when we talk about prayer being something that can change you, that can change your situation, that can change the problems in your life, it also is an opportunity for you to communicate with the God who is able to change it. And let me just lay this out there just right from the very beginning. That sometimes I think that we have this concept of prayer that if it doesn't work, then don't do it. That if it doesn't change immediately, then I'm just going to go figure it out on my own. Prayer is a lifestyle. Prayer is a relationship. Prayer is communication. And guess what? Sometimes that means that you have to do it and do it for a long time before you see something change. You don't go to the gym one day and walk out and think, oh, my goodness, I didn't even drop to the next pant size, okay? which is kind of where I'm at right now in my life. Okay? You don't go and you eat one salad and think, oh my goodness, well, I, I guess I'm going to give up on that because nothing changed in my physical appearance. No, it is something that you work toward, that you, that you say, I'm going to do consistently, and then as a result of your consistency, you can look back on the change that occurred. And prayer is something that you build consistently. I know that not everyone in the room is married. In fact, the large majority of you aren't married, okay? I, I know my crowd. I know that I'm te teaching a singles class. But when you are in a relationship with someone and you have things that you don't like, okay, things that maybe you say, ah, I wish I could change that, the result of that is, or when you see that occur, is normally as you consistently model it, as you consistently communicate about it, and as you consistently build the relationship as a foundation. Now watch this. Why not do the same with prayer? Why would we want something in our human relationships that we don't even want in our heavenly relationship with our heavenly Father? And so with that in mind, we're just going to walk through three thoughts today, three thoughts of basically what do we do with prayer? Okay, we know that we've got this charge. We know that prayer can change things. We know that prayer can change us. So what do we do with prayer? I want you to notice, first of all, this thought of when to pray. When to pray. Many of you know the verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. So here's what we can basically determine from that verse. There's no bad time to pray. There's no bad time to start praying. There's no really wrong time to pray. Okay? You're getting ready to go into a test probably would be worth your while to say a little prayer, right? You're getting ready to maybe go into a job interview. Well, I haven't talked to God in forever. Guess what? Most people, if you're a Christian, you've been around church for a while, most people are going to walk into a job interview and say, Lord, please help me. Please help me not to mess this up. Lord, please help me with this. Lord, give me wisdom about this. You're dating someone, okay? You're going through a hard time. Probably a good time to pray, okay? Can't tell you how many times I've walked into maybe a hospital for a hospital visit here at the church and that there's been people who I don't know, they don't know me, but they see me pray with someone maybe from our church. They see one of our staff guys pray with someone from our church and they say, hey, would you mind saying a word of prayer for me? I'm getting ready to go into this procedure. Guess what? That person 
maybe not a part of our church, maybe haven't attended church in months, maybe probably, maybe they don't even know for sure that they're on their way to heaven, but they know that prayer works. So there is no wrong time to pray, but I want to give an argument for something else. Take your Bibles and turn to Daniel chapter number 6, verse 10. Daniel chapter number 6, verse 10. This was actually mentioned on our retreat and so I want to, I actually want to take you back to it and maybe recall it. This was from Brother Clark and his devotion. Daniel chapter number 6, verse 10. This is obviously the story of Daniel's life. And this is after the decree has been signed about prayer. And I want you to notice what Daniel's response was. In Daniel chapter number 6, verse 10. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed. So he says, something has changed in my life. Something is different. Something is going to possibly hurt me and change the way that I live. What was his response? He went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, which is all a great model for how we can pray. But what are the last four words of that verse? As he did aforetime. So I want to make an argument here that, yes, you can pray at any point. Yes, you, there's not a bad time to pray. But prayer better be something that is consistently done as well. As he did aforetime means that when the world around him was changing, Daniel's prayer life was not. When the world around him was changing, Daniel's prayer life was not. And this is why that's important is that if you do not begin to develop the habit of prayer, then all of a sudden you will become what is almost an emergency prayer. Well, I need God's help, so... Oh, God, please help me with this. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rub the lucky rabbit's foot of God and, and hope that he changes it. My grandma has cancer. Mama, I'm sick. My, I'm going through family troubles. So now I need God's help. When God's help is available to you day in and day out, and when the world begins to change, you should have a habit of prayer that has already begun. Can you imagine, and maybe you've got a friend that's like this. They only contact you when they need you, right? Okay? Some of you guys that have trucks. Guess what? You normally get a text message every time someone moves, right? Oh, so-and-so's got a truck. I'm going to call them. Well, I haven't talked to you since preschool, <laughs> but you're moving. Oh, you're moving from California. Sure, I'm happy to drive out there and meet you, right? That's normally the way that life works. You have a friend that only contacts you when you have something to give them. And sometimes our prayer life is the same way. Lord, I'm in trouble. Please help me. When wouldn't it be better, and, I, and not that this is God's attitude toward it, because I think that God desires to be communicated with, but let me ask you, as a human being, are you more likely to do something for those that you stay in close connection with than those who only contact you when they need you? I am. I'm happy to lend my truck to whoever I see week in and week out, and we text, and we send each other stupid jokes, and, what, and we go hang out, and we go, eat, go drink coffee, and we have them over to our house, and they have us over to their house. I'm happy to do something for them, but guess what? Someone, hey, Joel got a truck. Yeah, let's call him. I'm going to be like, no, I'm good. And with God, if you can develop the consistent habit of prayer, I think that that is when God begins to change you and also begins to change the situations around you. 
And so last week we started off with the thought of Bible study being at a certain time and at a certain place. So let me ask you this. Where's your time of prayer? When is your time of prayer? And how consistent are you with it? Do you have a spot where it's just you and God? You get alone. We were helping um, some of our friends move yesterday. We were actually helping them paint their house. And um, we, we went in the house, and we were, that was the first time we got to see it. And we walked through, and so they had some family members there, and they had like this little closet in their bathroom. And um, they've got, obviously, kids just like we do. And it, it's hard to get alone with God when your kid is like, hey, I need this. Hey, I need cereal. I'm about to die. I just scraped my finger. That's kind of like how life works as a parent. Let's play hockey. Let's play basketball. That's my son, okay? He wants to just play every sport constantly and be in constant connection with you like he wants to be attached to your hip and so it's it gets difficult and so the mom of the couple that we were helping move or helping with yesterday said yeah I told uh, my daughter that this would be a good little place to hide from the kids and pray and spend time alone with God and I thought that's exactly what I'm going to talk about tomorrow and the fact that a grandma recognizes that there needs to be a time and a place Shouldn't we as young adults begin that habit right now? So first of all, when to pray. Secondly, how to pray. We're going to fly through this, okay? I know there's many acrostics that you can use. This is the one that I use personally. It is not perfect. It is not inspired, but I hope it will be helpful, okay? If you're like me, you get time to pray, and what do you do? Uh, God, please help me. Help the sick people and help the world. Amen. Okay? Oh, and help the missionaries in the world. I guess I covered that with the world, so they're good. Okay? You don't know what to pray. Okay? And so if you don't have a model or a template, and by the way, this is based off of what Jesus talks about and the model that he gives when he gives the Lord's Prayer. So I gave you a little acrostic there. Some people have also done this with Acts. Personally, I don't like it, and this is, <laughs> this is my main reason why. I'm OCD. I would rather my acrostic for prayer say pray then a random book in the bible cut at like why didn't we use proverbs did, could we not come up with enough words why did we not use zechariah because we couldn't find up with something with z so that's probably my ocd coming out but i hope it'll be a help so first of all praise start with praise if you go and you look at the lord's prayer he jesus himself talks about praising god so if jesus the son of god takes time in his model prayer to praise his Father, then don't you think we should? And sometimes what we're guilty of is running into the throne room of God only to tell him everything that we need and never to tell him who he is and what he's done and thank him for what he's done for us. Someone told me a long time ago that if you begin every day with three praises, that you will change the, it will change the things that you think you need that day. That if you begin every day with three praises, it will change what you think you need for that day. When you can step back and say, well, God, this is what you've already given me. God, this is already who you are. God, this is the blessings that I've already gotten from you. Then guess what? All of a sudden, my needs, my desires, my wants, those begin to change. Because look at what God's already done. So first of all, praise. Secondly, repentance. Repentance. Or repent, if you want to keep it uniform. Okay? Repent. I realize that repent is something that goes along with salvation, but let me talk to you for just a second, okay? I believe that there needs to be a habit of getting sin out of our life, okay? 
I'm not saying that you get sin out of your life for salvation's sake. But I am saying that if you're not careful, you will become hardened to the sin that is in your life. And there needs to come a point to where you are saying out loud, you are agreeing with God, as the Bible word says. God, this is what's in my life. Forgive me of it. Help me to recognize my sin. Help me to see it differently. We know that one of the keys to revival is turning from your sin. Well, guess what? It's hard to turn from something you don't recognize. Okay? Repent. Thirdly, ask. Ask. This is where you begin to list your needs. And let me just say this too. That if you can look at your prayer list and it is only your needs and no one else's, you need to strongly reconsider that. One of the things that I do under, on my prayer list is I have others and you. And before I ever pray anything for myself, I pray something for others. I pray for the people in this room. I pray for my wife. I pray for my children. I pray for people who have mentioned a prayer request to me. Because I don't want my prayer life to just be my Christmas wish list that I give to God. I want it to be something that I can ask for others. And the Bible talks so much about intercessory prayer, and I think we've lost the art of that. I think we've, lost, we've made prayer more about us than about others. And I can promise you this, that when you pray through the needs of someone else, all of a sudden your needs look slightly more insignificant. When you can pray through a prayer list of people that are maybe struggling with health issues, well then all of a sudden maybe your problems don't look as big. And so make a habit of asking for others, and then lastly is yielding. At some point in your prayer time, in your time with God, there needs to be a time where I say, Lord, I'm giving myself to you today. Lord, I am surrendering myself to you. One of the, a couple of things that I pray when I, say, when I pray this for myself is I say, Lord, I'm yielding my will, I'm yielding my time, I'm yielding my tongue, because that's always a problem for all of us, I'm yielding my will, I'm yielding my time, I'm yielding my tongue, and I'm yielding myself to you today. Which means you may change something in the course of my day that I don't understand, but if you did it, then guess what? I need to be a part of it. And when you get in a situation that sometimes you're frustrated about, well, I don't understand why this is happening, I don't see why this is going on, then guess what? You can look back to that time of prayer and say, well, it could be that God is trying to teach me something. And then lastly is how to pray. How to pray. In Luke chapter number 11, you have an illustration of Jesus standing before his disciples, and he says this. He gives them the model prayer, but many times we go back and we look at the Lord's prayer and we just focus on it. But the Lord's prayer is a result of his disciples making one request. And if I've said this 10 times, I've said it 100 times. They say, Lord... Teach us to pray. And here's what I want you to see. Is that if prayer can be taught, some of you can probably repeat this phrase, prayer can be learned. If prayer can be taught, prayer can be learned. And if the disciples were bold enough to say, Lord, teach us to pray, people that were literally standing in the presence of the Son of God said, Lord, teach us to pray. I think that would probably be a pretty good request for us as young adults in 2020, don't you? Because here's where most of us are at. We don't even really completely grasp 
and comprehend how to communicate with the people who are sitting right beside of us. Right? We all have those awkward moments. You could have just spent the whole weekend with someone, and you come in and sit down beside them in class, and, uh, so how was your weekend? Oh, that's right, we hung out. I'm sorry, I completely forgot. We have these awkward moments with people that are right beside of us, right? We don't know how to communicate with those that we love. We don't know how to communicate with people in the same room as us. So what makes us think that we're going to comprehend and just become natural prayer warriors that know how to communicate with a holy, heavenly God? But God gives us an out. Because he says, you can learn to pray. And I think that one of the things that we need to get in the habit of as a class and as a generation of young adults is this. Lord, I'm not where I want to be in my Christian life. I realize that. As your teacher, I can honestly say, I wish I were further down the road in my Christian life. But recognizing it and saying, Lord, help me to change it, is the first step in seeing him do it. I think it's incredible that when those disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, that Jesus didn't say, you've either got it or you don't. It's natural. Good luck. Figure it out on your own, boys. I'll see you guys in 2,000 years. Let's see how it works for, the, for that crosspoint class. Because guess what? If you guys can't figure it out, I guarantee you they can't figure it out. No. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, here's how you do it. And if you want to see God do something in your life, if you want to see God do something in your world, in your generation, in this country, then it starts with prayer. It starts with taking seriously the only means and resource which we have as human beings to change something. It starts by taking seriously that which God said will avail much according to our passage. So you pray and you ask God, Lord, teach me to pray. Lord, I want to get better at it. I want to change something. I want to change myself as a result of it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you just a couple of questions. The first question is this. Do you have a time of prayer? Do you have a time of prayer? Most of you, if you want to get to know someone, what do you do? Well, let's set up a time. Let's go hang out. Let's go out for coffee. That's great. How often have you done that with God? Do you have a time of prayer? Secondly, do you have a prayer list or something to pray? Or is it just kind of sit down and figure it out as you go? And then thirdly, is ask yourself this question, where am I at with my prayer life? Is it even there? Do I just kind of run to him in emergencies? Or do I have an ongoing, consistent relationship with him? And I want you right now in the quietness of this moment and in your seat, just to whisper that prayer, Lord, teach me to pray.
Lord, teach me to pray. Lord, help me to take seriously that which can change me and change the world around me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we'll pray. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.